chance, one life, one take. Little room for mistake. Who do you? Uh, welcome to the Dead Funny Dead Serious podcast. My name is Mitzi, and I'm your host today. This is the series of 30 End of Life Duelists in 30 Days. Uh, our guest today is Chelsea Petal from Victoria, Canada. Mm-hmm. So, hello. hello. Hi, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about your business before we begin? Sure, absolutely. Um, I have a business called Circle Space Empowered End of Life Planning, and my mission is to help people prepare for end of life so they can live in peace. So I offer death doula support, family caregiver support, um, advanced planning, comfort planning, and also some mentorship for emerging doulas as well, because growing this field and growing our capacity to um, serve our communities is a, a really big passion of mine. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, and your business is called Circle Space Empowered End of Life Planning. I just love that name. So, mm-hmm. And we'll make sure that all of this information is in the show notes so you can find Chelsea. Um, after you listen to this episode, you'll know where to find her because it will be awesome. So we're going to dive right in now, Chelsea, to your why. Why did you, why did you become an end of life doula? Oh, I didn't want to at first. (laughs) I started, yeah. I mean, who wants to talk and think about death all the time? And that was my initial response when, I guess, back in 2017, a friend of mine um, who was also looking for something new to do, I just quit my job with government. I'd been working in government for like 10 years and was just looking for something to marry my passions and my skills and my desire to really be of of direct service uh, to my community. And so she brought up this idea of end of life planning. So doing like the advanced care planning kind of work, helping people to get their affairs in order. So even with that, I was like, oh, I I don't know, like my death phobia, the stuff that I hadn't, you know, completely processed and come to terms with around my mortality came right up like it, like it does went for, for, for most people. So I spent probably about six months, like really just looking at the grief in my life and my relationship with death and mortality, how I wanted to live my life with my children, how I can be more present, like all of those themes that it brought up. And I started doing end of life planning. So helping people do their holistic advanced care plans and get their affairs in order. And that was chugging along really nicely. Um, I was doing lots of workshops in community and building some really fabulous relationships in the death caring community. And then my mom got sick. She got diagnosed with a glioblastoma brain tumor, the same disease that my dad had died of when I was uh, 17 years old. And so I was plunged into three months of just being her, you know, primary family caregiver, becoming her death doula, essentially doing this role that when I was doing the advanced care planning, I I kind of felt I wasn't ready to be working with and supporting people who were dying just because of the demands on my life with my children and being a mom. But then there I was being thrust into doing it for my own mom. And then through that process, I just realized that, hey, I'm the kind of person that can actually do this. I have this skill set. I have this emotional bandwidth for it. And so um, I started transforming my business into doing more traditional death doula work after, after my mom died in the spring of 2019. How, how did that transition go? So you're a grieving daughter Mm -hmm. at that time as well. So I want to give space to that. 
Um, and where, where did you go from there? Knowing that now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I can do this for people. What happened? Well, I took another three months. I took that whole summer off to just um, tend to my own grief, tend to my family's grief, to be my mom's executor, because that was a full-time job. So really learning through doing and just not placing any expectations on myself. I just put my my business on hold and just, you know, sank right into it, what I needed to do. I'd already done my death doula training. So I had, you know, the scaffolding, the framework for how to do this work already. I just kind of hadn't pulled the switch on doing it. And so that fall, um, I just started putting it out there to the universe that I was now, in addition to offering the advanced planning services, I was also um, offering, you know, myself up to accompany the dying and their families. and it's amazing what happens when you put something out there in the universe. It, 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 I think I had my first client just within a couple of months and then a few more after that. And it just started snowballing. And actually what I find amazing, my second uh, death doula client was someone with a glioblastoma brain tumor. And since then I've had many people connect with me before they even knew that I had this experience of supporting both of my parents with glios. There's something, I don't know what it is, but folks with glioblastoma brain tumors and their loved ones um, just seem to be finding me. It's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, What a unique skill set that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said in the beginning, like you didn't want to be drawn to this. Um, and it was drawn to you. No. Yeah, absolutely. My mom, you know, <laughs> would always talk about like traveling in Italy and limoncello was one of her favorite things near the end of her life. And so now I kind of say like, I turned my lemons into limoncello. Like I'm using, <laughs> I'm using these two, you know, deeply difficult and transformative experiences to help other people, especially their family members, um, because glioblastomas is such a particular disease. It affects your brain. It affects the very essence of who you are and your capacity and how you are in this world. And so to be able to support um, their family caregivers, their loved ones, who are often people who are the same age as me in their early 40s, um, and they have young children. So the, the fact that I, I know a little bit about what they might be experiencing, um, I can really help them to see around corners a little bit and to prepare for what, what might be coming with that, with that disease and what their options are. Wow. What a lovely gift to family members. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said that you did your doula training before all of this. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing which doula training you did? Sure, yeah. So my formal uh, certificate um, is with Douglas College uh, in, I think they're in New West in in Vancouver, but they they have offerings all across Canada now. They're really probably one of the biggest providers in in Canada. And um, so it was a four-day overview of the death doula role and little bit around business and kind of you know how to support clients so it gave me a really good sense of where death doulas fit into um 
into the various systems that we have here in Canada, at least, and, and how we can complement the work of our mainstream healthcare system and um, just really work in a collaborative way, understanding what our particular scope of practice is within the end of life field. Uh, that's a new one. I haven't heard of that college, um, most mm -hmm. likely because it's all in Canada. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like it was fairly comprehensive for four days. Yeah. I mean, I would say it was, like I said, it's really good for understanding where death doulas fit into um, the various systems. Um, what's helped me is to continue with my professional development around specific skills, skills about how to be with the dying. Cause there's so, I mean, there's so many different ways to be a doula. Um, there's so many different niches and that just is the wonderful thing. It really reflects who that doula is. And so for me, really exploring how I wanted to show up as a doula and then pursuing more training, more webinars, doing more reading to really amplify that part of, of who I was. So it's, people often say, you know, what training should I do? What's the, what's the right training? And there's no one right training. There's many, many, many options. And it all depends on what you want, what you're looking for. And you just nailed it, right? That's the reason for our questioning is that that is a big question that we get uh, all the time is, you know, what training should I take? Where should I get certified if I should get certified? And so, yeah, all of these interviews are really kind of narrowing down the fact that one, there's a lot of trainings and you need, it's more than just one training and now you're a death doula. And which ones are the most useful? Where can people find the support and the resources? And so that's not, if you're in Canada and you're listening to this, it sounds like that's a, a good resource to start with. Um, is there anything else that stood out to you as amazing information when you were starting mm. your business? Well, I mean, there's actually a relatively new organization called Death Doula Network BC. It's just started up in the last four or five months. And it's a, it's a bit misleading because it's not just about British Columbia. It's really worldwide. I know they have members like I think there's one in Denmark and Australia and all across the US. And they're fabulous. So Death Doula Network BC, it's all about creating that that community of anyone in, in the death caring field. And uh, as a part of the membership, they offer monthly um, workshops and trainings and, and more than just learning about, um, you know, different themes and topics in uh, doula care and death care. It's the community, it's the support, it's the place for exploration that's being cultivated there that I haven't seen anywhere else. Um, so that's my, you know, when, when emerging doulas contact me and they want to know, well, how do I, how do I start my practice? It's all about relationship building. It's all about finding your community, your hub. And I really, I, I'm a member of, of DDNBC and I, I, it's like my number one recommendation now for folks who are starting out in this field. Amazing. I haven't heard of that. So you're the first person to share that. So thank you. You get a gold star today Yay. for <laughs> all of this and everyone listening. Um, you just won. Uh, <laughs> Yay. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, that's why we're doing this project is to share resources like that. Um, and it sounds amazing. And I'm going to hop on over there right when we're done with this and see what that's all about. Uh, the, and I'll also link it below so people can find it right away. Uh, so now we have these great things. What challenges have you faced? Being a mm -hmm. I think being seen 
um, that's the number one. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm fairly savvy with relationship building in the community back when we could do it face to face, the number of coffee dates that I went on, um, that, that's what I did for the first six months of my practice. Now it's, you know, using online uh, social media marketing. Um, I offer a lot of workshops. So um, I do have to find ways to uh, be seen on social media and within the community. And that's, that's really challenging. Um, one of the things that I found is helpful is having um, like having lots of freebies, having lots of little resources that those are the, the that's the vehicle for my um, communicating on online. So I, I have a, a purpose to it. I have an offering that I can that I can share that will hopefully help people in their own journey, whether they're supporting a loved one or if they're a death doula who's trying to grow their practice. So I think creating resources is a way to help with that visibility. But if people don't know what a death doula is or what we do, you know, they might just flip right by it. So that's that's probably the biggest challenge is just people not knowing that we even exist. Yeah, educating the public about a new mm -hmm. uh, field is not easy. And and here you are doing doing the work. I love the idea of freebies. Uh, can you name something that you've created that somebody mm -hmm. could get if they went to the, your website? Sure, I probably have about, oh gosh, eight of them now. I just keep, basically I, I create them when I come across a gap in my practice. They're all inspired by experiences that I've had either in my personal life, supporting loved ones through um, preparing for end of life and death or through my practice. So I have like an end of life planning checklist. Um, I have a guide around how to be an empowered patient. That's a huge part of my practice is navigating the health system. How do you speak? How do you speak your truth to authority? Um, how do you become an active participant in your health, your well-being, and your care? Um, so I've got a little guide around that. I have another one around um, like how do we do death and dying in this pandemic context? It's called caring from afar. And so as a loved one of someone who maybe you can't be with because they're in a healthcare facility or long-term care, what are the ways that we can still care for them, care for ourselves, stay connected, use, using ritual, all those kinds of things. Um, and I have another resource, probably um, like I would call it my flagship resource and the one that I'm most proud of because it came from my experience with accompanying my mom is called My Personal Comfort Plan. And it's this idea that so many of us, when, we're, when we think about our end of life planning, we do those wonderful things of like writing our instructions for our funeral and how we want our body cared for. We write out what our medical care wishes are, all those essential things. But we often forget that we actually have to live through our dying experience. So how do we make the most of that? And how do we communicate the way that we wanna be comforted, the way that we wanna be treated, the way that we wanna connect with our loved ones and our care providers? How do we communicate that? So for me, there was a really big missing piece, which I, I've tried to fill by creating this resource called My Personal Comfort Plan that helps people record those personal comfort wishes. Well, that's, yeah. Uh, you are just making all of this happen over there. And <laughs> right, I, I love that piece. And we're going to highlight that, I'm sure, which is just, you answered the questions that 
fill the gaps when you couldn't find that information. Uh, another gold star there, right? Um, yeah, just put a put a pin in that part because that's that's the piece, right? When we're yeah. the people that are grieving and we're trying to find information, we're trying to make this the best space it can be. Mm-hmm. And you can't yeah. find what you're looking for. We have to create it when when we have that time and space. Absolutely. And that's what I love about doulas. Like I know so many doulas that are so innovative and so creative that they are, we're just creating, we're, we're filling those gaps, you know, like we, the, the mainstream medical system in Canada is very good at what it does, but it has its particular niche. Like there are all these silos, right? And doulas are really the only role that can kind of go up a level and see all of it laid out find where the gaps uh, exist and build those those bridges, whether it's through creating resources or through guiding our the clients that we support. Um, but it's such a unique uh, and, and special role. Yeah. And sharing with each other, it sounds like, is a piece of that. Right? Yes. How would we do this? <laughs> yeah. You, you can't do this job by yourself. Oh, my gosh. That's a recipe for just crashing and burning energetically and emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Building that team. So it sounds like you went head on to the challenges um, and you went out and found clients in a way by creating something that was valuable to them, right? Creating a lot of value. It sounds like I'm excited. I've looked over your website and I did see a bunch of those pieces. I'm going to dive further when I go on there to circlespace.ca again in the show notes, because you're all going to want to go over there and see what she has created. Um, What are your hopes for your own business and for doulas in general? Mm -hmm. I have so many. (laughs) I have so many dreams. Um, Yeah, I would say I'm fairly ambitious with my hopes for my own practice. Um, my goal, I have two that I'm, that I'm forcing myself to really focus on, um, cause I'm a bit of a squirrel, like <laughs> chasing little shiny things. Um, <laughs> but so the two things that I'm really focusing on now is one is that my personal comfort plan. Um, what I would really like to see is, uh, personal comfort planning being woven into how we do our advanced care planning. I really want to see that as being um, one of the pillars. We've got, you know, your estate planning, your financial planning, your medical wishes, your funeral plans. I really would like to see comfort planning. So having doulas use this tool um, across Canada, across the States, getting it into hospices as a part of their intake um, with their hospice families early on in the process, Um, home care agencies using it um, as part of their you know, getting to know their 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 clients kind of a, a approach. So that's one of my goals is just really getting this tool out there because I wholeheartedly believe that it eases the process for people. Um, and then my other goal is, um, so my mom had a, a medically assisted death in the States. It's a physician assisted, called a physician assisted death. And um, my children were four and six at the time. And so I had uh, I had tons of experience explaining natural deaths and in engaging children in natural deaths and helping families through those transitions. Medically assisted death was 
totally new for me. I, I, I had no idea how to support my kids. And there were very few resources at the time to do that. There wasn't a single book in the library to do that. Um, and so I found a way, found some good information. Um, but when the dust settled, um, I had in me a children's book. And so I just, I wrote a children's book about how to uh, support kids to understand a medically assisted death and how to engage them in saying goodbye and normalizing it in the same way that we want to normalize them saying goodbye and being engaged and connected to the family through a natural death. So that's my big project right now is I've written it, it's out, trying to find publishers. Um, I'm giving myself until July to uh, to find a traditional publisher. And if that doesn't happen, then I'm just going to dive right into self-publishing because I really want this resource to get out there to families because I know there's so many of them that are struggling in the same way that I did about how to communicate this to their their children. Yes. Yeah. So important. And so I'm not sure uh, as of today, this is, uh, we are in April, 2021. Mm -hmm. Uh, is uh, physician-assisted suicide um, legal across all of Canada? Yeah, so we call it MAID, medical, assist yeah. medical assistance in dying. And yes, yeah, it is. And there's there's just been some recent changes in the legislation that have expanded access to more people now. Um, and the, the majority of uh, the folks in, in, in Canada are very supportive of, of uh, the, the new maids legislation. So it's just going to be, it's just gonna start being a part of the fabric of the end of our lives. It's, you know, I imagine in years to come by the time my kids are grown up, um, the stigma that surrounds it is just slowly going to dissipate. And it's just gonna be another, another way that we die. The illness is what is causing the death. The medical assistance is just, how the death happens. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the lack of resources, I am recording this uh, in Washington state and we have mm -hmm. had this legalized for some years now. Um, when I have witnessed um, that process, it was even, it was unique at that time for me as a caregiver. And you know, just looking for resources that could give language to the difference in the death um, for the loved ones, the children did not exist. And so I'm really looking forward to this book uh, and everyone should stay tuned. Uh, we will make sure uh, that you send it to us and we post it and we're going to try to get that everywhere because it's really important. Does it have Thank a title you. yet? Yes, it's called Pancakes with Nana. Pancakes. Oh. Yeah, because ultimately it's it's got to be a, a storybook, right? It's got to be a story that kids want to read. So it's it's just about those, you know, those beautiful Sunday breakfasts that kids have with their grandparents. And that's kind of the, the setting and the premise for the story. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I can't wait. Um, I'm first on the list. As soon as you get that publisher, we're going to, Yes. <laughs> you know, all of our fingers are crossed on that. So, thank you. yes. Uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing all of this. Um, we'd love to have you back uh, for, I'm not sure what yet, but something because you <laughs> Anything. you bring a lot of value uh, to this community. And so we, we wanna make sure that we elevate you as much as possible and everyone can get access to you whenever possible because that'd be great. Uh, thank you again.
Thank you so much. I love I love that you've created this opportunity to to shine a spotlight on what doulas do. So thank you. Uh, you are. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. So real quick, where can people find you on Instagram and Facebook? What are your handles there? Uh, oh, geez, you're putting me on the spot. I think <laughs> circle, sp- <laughs> circle space community for both of them okay. on Facebook and-, and Instagram. Awesome. And that will be in the show notes as well. And make sure to head over to circlespace.ca. Uh, and then you can find everything about Chelsea. Uh, thanks again, Chelsea. Um, for sharing all of that, your why, your how, your challenges, your hopes. Uh, And to the lovely listeners of this podcast, um, thank you so much. If you've already written a review, we really appreciate it. Spending 10, 30 seconds uh, writing something down, it just means everything to us. Uh, If you haven't done that yet, if you could, it would mean the world to us. Um, And when you're done with that, if you wanna hop on over to Instagram and TikTok, uh, where we get to know you and help you with all of these things and answer your questions and just have a little bit more fun uh, talking about ethical end of life. So uh, thanks again. And we will see you in the next episode.